0: (laughs) woohoo hello everyone how are you thank you thank you thank you (laughs) sharam faridula melanie andrea Tokoni, great to have you in the room and as always i like to talk about artificial intelligence in business and i like to talk about it frequently Let's uh, make this room fun and interactive if if you want so. Uh, Give me a thumbs up. I want to see that you are here with me with your attention directed to this beautiful, beautiful chat we have here. Give me a thumbs up. Come on, Andrea, thumbs up. Uh, Sharam, thank you. All right. Uh, Melanie, you are raising your hand, meaning you want to come to the stage and talk. Sharam, as well. Uh, I think that's a little bit early, but we will give you the chance to do that later on. Absolutely no problem. So, the topic of today's episode is do you even use ChatGPT correctly? And I kind of wanted to start a little bit earlier with a question where I'm asking, well, do you even use ChatGPT at all, right? There is a certain mindset, certain people who say, well, this is something I'm afraid of or this is something I am against, I just don't want to deal with it, I don't think it is a healthy thing, I think it is something that should go away, is anyone here of that opinion, give me a thumbs up right now, if you think that chat GPT or artificial intelligence sh- is really kind of a negative thing, okay, doesn't look like that is the case, so I watched a few conversations over the weekend um, by the uh, founders of Artificial Intelligence OpenAI and also by the chief scientist and there were some very interesting conversations that came up and uh, one element that I realized is that AI is just so powerful that the human brain for the most part i would say most people cannot really conceptualize what it all can do because and i'm by no means an expert in this at all i could never code or create an artificial intelligence but i'm just trying to tell you what i learned by listening to these conversations and what i derive from that so the way AI works in very uh, simple ways is much like uh, the human brain works, where it has a bunch of neural um, network nodes that put information together to bring an output that the human uh, reacts favorable to. Now, what it can do, of course, in a in a much more efficient way than uh, we can do, is it has these uh, multitude of knowledge points because um, OpenAI has trained it with knowledge up to 2021. They made a selection of great resources, uh, content of value, such as scholarly books, books, website. Reputable news sources, all that kind of information, it has been trained on, and then its neural network knows to form connections at a at a speed and uh, also at a rate of sheer numbers that the human brain can never do, and that is why we know that a lot of um, opportunities in the future will really rely on leveraging that that technology. Is it going to be dangerous? Yes, it can be if it is misused. But at the same time, it is very important that people who are smart and kind-hearted, like all you in the room, you also use this technology, train it, give it feedback, and learn how to work with it. Um, so don't be too proud. You, you really, I, I think you really need to look at what is possible with it. And um, the question also came up is would you want to be part AI in other ways if someone tomorrow could implant a little chip into your head uh, and you would essentially have access to AI information nonstop Uh, Would that be something that would be appealing to you? Give me a thumbs up if you would like to have a chip in your head that gives you instant access to AI. I see Sharam and Andrea, uh, you would like that. I would actually like that too. I would give my thumbs up there. I see other people in the room who are more hesitant who don't want to do that and that's kind of understandable as well um so uh, is there anyone here who hasn't used ai at all yet uh, you don't have your chat gpt account yet give me a thumbs up you don't have a chat gpt account yet Great. You all have one. Okay. So what I did this morning is I asked ChatGPT, you know, how can I use you best? What is it that most people don't do correctly with you? And um, it gave me basically seven points that I want to outline here uh, for you. And Sharam, I'll bring you up on stage when I have gone through these seven points. I just wanted to uh, get through those. All right. So number one would be be clear and concise. State your request or question clearly and avoid using ambiguous language or expressions. Um I think that is important, be clear and concise of what you want from it. Uh, So for example, um, it helped me this morning when I asked it, hey, is there a way for me to pre-schedule emails to a group of people without using mass mailing software? I was very concise and it reminded me of a very powerful feature called Google Groups. Um, which is essentially you can create groups and then email people. And it's for free. It's available to anyone and everyone who has a Gmail account. Um, Number two would be provide context. So it says, give me some background information about your question or request so I can better understand what you are looking for. And that is actually very, very important because without that context, the neural network cannot be used to its fullest extent. Because what the neural network does is it puts everything in uh, connection with your question that it knows about the context you give it. Um, Yesterday, we helped a seasoned businessman look at how he could convince one of his partners To change the structure of a deal. And it was really very, very impressive how detailed the response was. Uh, This was a use case in the healthcare industry and it gave so many uh, points of information that were very specific to the problem at hand. It knew about the location, it knew all about the type of physician, it knew about the compensation rate of the physicians. And all of that because the prompter had taken the time to write a three to four paragraph uh, sheet where all of the base information uh, was there uh, to provide to ChatGPT in the question. That is actually something that really uh, ChatGPT4 is very powerful in using that advanced uh, reasoning capability where you can feed it an initial problem statement and then it uses logic and reasoning to go and leverage the power of the neural network to bring you ideas that, quite frankly, the human brain is just not set up process it is not fair it, like we cannot possibly compare us to that power and that is why I think even though you if you may be very uh, critical to the technology I think you should at least give you the chance to explore and see if uh, you cannot augment your capabilities your skills at least to a certain degree um, Tip number three was to use proper grammar and syntax. This will help the AI to better understand your request and also to improve the accuracy of its message. Avoid jargon or technical terms. Um, And it says unless you are asking it specifically about a technical term, use language that is easy to understand. Be specific. The more specific you are about your question or request, the more accurate and helpful its response will be. Provide examples. Uh, If you can provide examples or additional information that relates to your question or request, it will help me better understand what you are looking for. Again, this ability to make connections between um, your question and a potential result that you would like will help uh, the AI tremendously because now it can use its neural network to create permutations and combinations of a response type that is it thinks is very likely you will like the AI is only going to be as smart as the prompt is if you put a 5 year old in front of the AI the AI will give responses that are um, adjusted to what a five-year-old inputs, right? If you put, um, I don't know, a college professor in front of it, then um, it will be responding accordingly. I have noticed that by observing different people interact with the technology, and it is quite astonishing what happens when you have a smart mind use it just observing that is very powerful and then (laughs) last but not least it told me to be patient sometimes it may not understand your request immediately or uh, it may may take a little time to process the information you should also um, give it uh, feedback if it does something if it tells you something that you don't like push back because that's all, that's how I, how it can learn according to the chief scientist of open ai um, the way we the way it knows uh, how whether it's good or not at least from the con- consumer and consumer perspective is the the, f- the validation uh, or the feedback that we give it So in ChatGPT, for instance, you have these thumbs up or thumbs downs next to the responses it gives you. And that is actually very, very important input for the model to learn and continuously improve. Um, Yeah, so I have um, an AI master boot camp on Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Central Time here in San Antonio, Texas. And I would love for you to be part of it. Um, you just have to ga- go to AIMasterBootCamp.com, AIMasterBootCamp.com and register. What we'll do is we'll take uh, about an hour and I'll show you how I leverage AI to come up with a video script and also produce a video with a virtual actor, an AI-driven actor. Um at this point, I am open to uh, questions and a conversation. I know Sharam, you've been raising your hand at the beginning. If you still want to come to stage, um, more than welcome to do that now. Uh, if not, uh, anyone else too here who has a question or a comment to make, um, maybe just answer the question to. Uh, whether you would like to be part AI, you know, would you allow or wish for a chip to be implanted into your brain that gives you access to all of this? Sharam is taking me up and I'm just going to allow him here. Good morning. I see you're in California. Good morning, Sharam.
1: Oh, hold on. I'm
0: Yes, I can Am I- hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes.
1: OK, perfect. Actually, I'm in I'm in Turkey. I've, I've been overseas for about oh, a year okay. and a half now. I, I left California in the middle of the pandemic and uh, I'm, I'm in my third country now working remotely and uh definitely need to come back to the U.S. soon just to take care of some loose ends and then I'll be traveling abroad again. Um, Actually, I, I, I want to share, but initially I wasn't raising my hand. I was trying to figure out where the... Oh, okay. thumbs up mark was. But um, I, I really like the comments you made about using AI and pushing back. And I wanted to share something and hopefully get anyone else in the room to share their story. But I, I wanted to share just a way that I used AI that I was really pleased with and see if anyone else had their own personal or business uses. So last week... I prompted AI to be uh, to act like a registered dietitian which I didn't want to do that because it's like a you, you need to have a license for it but I said just act like a registered dietitian a nutritionist and be an expert at meal planning and uh, physical training and coaching and initially it's just the way the way you said if you have a little bit of knowledge at the least you can kind of fight it to get more uh, uh, a a better answer for you. So it gave me a general meal plan. And then I asked it just visually. I said, it's too, um, it's too jumbled up. Can you space it out with bullet points and and bold text? And then it it made it look beautiful immediately. It was easier to digest that information. And then I I said, you know, what, what do you recommend for um, reducing body fat from this percentage to this to this percentage? And it says, you know, it'll take about six months to a year. And I, I recommend a 500 calorie deficit. I said, are you incorporating these meal plans calories that I'm exercising five days a week, 90 minutes? And it said, let me adjust it. Let me give you more calories to make up for that and still have a, you know, like not a major deficit. Then we, then we talked about, it was like a conversation with an expert. We talked about um, how much protein is, is in per day per meal. I asked it to include macros in that meal plan. Um, I gave it some experts' names and said, you know, would you recommend boosting up the protein that you're giving me? Because it seems kind of low. It's a minimum. It said, yeah, you're right. Uh, Let's increase your your protein to this many grams. And then at the end of it, I said, I don't have access to all these foods because I'm in Turkey. Can you give me items that are available at Migros markets and shock markets? Oh, wow. Boom. It adjusted to a Mediterranean meal plan. Uh Then I said, I really like these foods and not these foods. It readjusted the whole thing again to the end. I said, perfect, give me a categorized um, shopping list. Bam, went to the market, shopped, meal prepped. And then a whole nother conversation that I won't get into was uh, it giving me a a workout routine where it emphasized, um, uh, I forgot the word. It means like to build, um, not atrophy, hypertrophy, Mm -hmm. muscle building. And I said, can you, can you give me more details on that? And it's just, it's just a better experience than Google. I'm not sitting through YouTube videos. I'm not sitting through ads. I'm able to have a conversation where it remembers what we talked about a minute ago and a week ago in the same chat thread. I took a big chunk of my retirement from uh, 401k to an IRA, and I, I put a, a large amount of it into everything AI related, like five companies. And I don't care what it does in a year or six months. This is long-term, if the companies stay smart. Um, if I'm using it more than Google now, and Google is a multi-billion dollar company, this is something I believe in fully. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with that story, if, if anyone else wants to share in the future or on this one, you know, I'm curious to see how other people are using AI personally, day-to-day, and business also. And thank you for your time.
0: Oh, man, thank you, Sharam, for your contribution. Dotina, I will bring you up momentarily. I just want to react to what Sharam said. Um, You know, it is is definitely a very advanced way for you to interact with it, and I am very glad and proud that (laughs) you are here and you shared that with us because most people, they just don't think about even the possibility of interacting with it in that way. And with what Sharam has shared with you, I think it is very hard to make a case against uh, the idea that AI can augment your life, augment your experience. Because if you had had to do all of that manually or even with Google, we know it would have, you, you could have probably gotten the same results, but it would have taken multiple hours, if not multiple days, to get to the same easy digestible output in a format that you want to have it and that it is useful for you. Um, so, Dotin, if you want to come back on stage, uh, you're more welcome to do that. Okay, great. All right. Welcome to stage 13. You just got to unmute yourself first.
2: There you go. Good morning. Good morning. I find it fascinating that in his conversation, he took AI, artificial intelligence, and he turned it into a we conversation. So what he did was turned it into a then it became a human connection Mm -hmm. so he, he was able to humanize artificial intelligence that's all I just I just thought that was fascinating thank you
0: yeah that's a very good point and we must not forget that at least until now the way the language model was trained was with human information with uh, human input right and it is specifically trained to please the human Uh, again what i said earlier the way it learns whether it does a good job or not is to by you providing feedback and um, of course now, what happens in the future with all of that will at some point, you know, AI train AI or A- AI provide feedback to AI. I think uh, based on my limited understanding of what the chief scientist said, the answer is yes. Um, but of course, um, we always have the, uh, the human end user as the end customer, in in mind with that technology. Um, So I want to share one last uh, use case that I saw. And, you know, I work a lot with um, healthcare professionals and I see I have a a healthcare professional in my audience here, Brian Fretwell, and maybe he can weigh in on that. So when... um, when when ChatGPT initially came out, it was um, there were not as many disclaimers built in. Just like Sharam shared, where now it says, "Well, I'm not a registered dietitian, but you know, you, if you ask me to act as if I were one, I would probably tell you this and that." And then, of course, it gives a disclaimer at the end that you should you should not act uh, without professional guidance. Um, but, you know, at the beginning, the first days, it didn't do that. And it was just incredibly powerful to see um, what, it, what it could uh, tap into. It has v- very, very detailed knowledge about ad- advanced topics in all kinds of fields of knowledge, including medicine. And, you know, I, I played around with it a little bit and I said, okay... And this is actually very interesting. I I said, hey, I want to show my physician friends how they can use it, how they can use you as a second opinion tool or a third opinion tool. And I'm a little bit lost at what to tell them because I don't know what you need as initial input to even provide an intelligible answer. And then it said, well, uh, I would need this and that, you know, the patient's age, uh, certain um, metrics uh, of its blood work, the history, and this and that. And I said, well, I I mean, I'm not a physician, so I don't really know what that would look like. Could you give me a sample input of uh, a set of uh, data that would be ideal for you to provide an output that would be intangible for a physician. And it did that, right? So it gave me that, and it outputted like a um, treatment plan that I don't know, you know, I, I don't have the expertise to judge whether that was a good plan or not. But, you know, I I said, as always, I try to play and push the boundaries. So I said, okay, you um, included these uh, type of medication and you know, uh, I, I'm I'm interested if my patient is vegan because I happen to be vegan. If my patient is vegan um, and he asks me, "Are is that treatment plan vegan friendly?" Um, can I still move ahead and do that? And it was very impressive because it it knew whether the medication was vegan or not. And then there was one. That wasn't, and I said, "Well, can I uh, include an alternative to that specific uh, prescription?" And it knew, it, it knew, you know. And and we're talking about not off-the-shelf uh, drugs that everybody knows. Like these were very specific uh, medications. So I know in um, in healthcare, a lot of professionals say that you can save a lot of cost and avoid a lot of um, over-treatment if you ask for a second or third opinion. And I know there are even uh, more uh, professionally sanctioned tools out there that um, physicians can use to, to get that second or third opinion. But I think that was another very very powerful use case. And um, yesterday I spoke to a physician friend of mine, and he said, you know, I would really like to have a nice chart for people impacted by long COVID, where I just could give them some kind of household tips. uh, You know, nothing that includes um, controlled substances, but just some household tips of. Uh, vitamins and nutritions and foods they can l- leverage to overcome some of their long COVID challenges, and um, he <laughs> he w- like he generated like this morning I had an email in my inbox where he said, "Hey, uh, AI and I, we did this, you know." And it is this beautiful chart similar to one that Sharam explained, where uh, on the left hand sa- side was the symptom, and on the right hand side was the uh, the easy, uh, you know, non-invasive, uh, low-risk solution. So, yeah, um, that's uh, a, a use case that I really am passionate about. And um, I think uh, we've reached about the, at the tail end of, our, of the meeting today. But if I have anyone in the room or on stage who want to still react or leave some final comments, uh, please do that now. Okay, Andrea, Andrea, welcome to stage Andrea.
2: Thank you, thanks for having me up here. Um, I just wanted to say thanks again to everybody who shared. I find that absolutely necessary for us all to talk about how we're using ChatGPT, what works, what doesn't work, how we can improve the follow-up questions that we're asking, like Sharam asking, uh, you know, to make these adjustments and all of that really highlights that he understands that it is a reasoning engine, and I think that it's it's fascinating because no matter how many times you tell people it's a natural language processor, it's meant to have human interactions. It's a chatbot. There's still, I think, for all of us, we're wrapping our heads around what it means to really have conversation, and conversation is a two-way street. So. The more input you give it, the better output you give it. And so I would personally love if everyone continues to come to these rooms where we can have these kinds of exchanges towards the end of the talk. Thanks.
0: Uh, thank you, Andrea. Um, yeah, uh, I think, again, uh, want to thank everyone. Sharam, if I, I think you would be interested in that webinar I have Saturday morning. Uh, just click my face and then look at the link in my bio and see if you can fit that into your schedule. But thank you so much. Uh, you know, I lo- these rooms are great when you have people such as yourself and Dotin who come up make great contributions. Andrea, of course. Uh, Sahil, thank you for your time. Always a, a loyal listener. Rosanna, thank you for your time. Vanessa, thank you for your time. Uh, you all have a great great rest of your day and that's it for now